www.seymourfriends.ca or join Seymour Friends at facebook.com slash Radio. پاینده و پیروز در پناه خداوند باشید Emily, and I'm hoping you'll join me in discovering how UBC is bringing sustainability into action by attending Ripple Effect events September 22nd to 26th. Get a free mocha, learn to recycle, take a blind taste test between tap water or bottled water. Oh, and you just have to join hundreds of guests, and me of course, for a sustainable meal on Main Mall. Seriously, you can't miss this. It's going to be epic. You can get all the info at sustain.ubc.ca forward slash ripple effect. Oh, and use the hashtag RippleFactUBC. Tuesday, October 7th, 2014 CE. One university has paired with United Way to bring the community together. Community. C-O-M-M-U-N-I-T-Y. Why? The annual UBC Spelling Bee. We're defending champions. Show me the honey. We'll spell for their right to be called spelling champions. You can bask in the glory. Tuesday, Tuesday, October 7th, 12.30 to 1.30 on the 4th floor of the Irving K. Barber Learning Center. Now, spell! Concubiscence. C-O-N-C-U-P-I-S-C-E-N-C-E. Concubiscence. Soiree. S-O-I-R-E-E. Radio. Um, C-I-T-R? As the Arctic ice melts, oil companies are moving north to drill for more fossil fuels. An oil spill in the Arctic would have catastrophic consequences, both on humans and wildlife. That is why millions around the world believe that the Arctic needs to be protected now. On Saturday, October 4th, bring some wheels and ride for the Arctic across Vancouver with Greenpeace. Come to Connaught Park at 10th Avenue West and Vine Street at noon. Bring your friends, family, and colleagues and start being part of the solution. A message from Greenpeace. Hey! Let's talk about food and music, eating and grooving, munching and moving, forking and spooning, listening to tunes, yeah, dinner's on soon, and to get ready for, ready for, peanut butter and jams. You're listening to Peanut Butter and Jams with host Brenda and Jordy on CITR 101.9. Exploring local music and local food. Tune in to learn about the best eats and tunes from your neighborhood. And a weekly pairing for your date calendar. Warning, 
The endorsements and criticism expressed during the show are the opinions of the hosts, unless clearly identified as advertising. Put in your earbuds and fire up your taste buds. It's peanut butter and jams. Hello, you're listening to hey. CITR 101.9, and Jordy and I are in the studio, ready to do one more installment of Peanut Butter and Jams. Today's show will include a talk with Christine, and we'll be learning... Hi, Christine. Hi. We'll be learning about uh, BC's local plant life and what you can do with it. And then we will also have a guest appearance from the UBC Cooking Club. Who um, are going to teach us how to make something. Mm-hmm. And in between, we'll, of course, play local bands as per usual. Um, we're also going to give away some tickets to the Just for Last Comedy Festival in November. So if you want to pair tickets, feel free to listen in and call in shortly. Do we want to tell them the number before, so they could write it down now and then call in quickly later? Yeah, I think that would be give, great. Give an advantage to someone who's listening now. Exactly. 604-822-2487. And you can also call us and tell us what you ate for breakfast or what you want to hear on the show next week. Yeah. Um, so right now we're going to go into a song by uh, a band called Sonoya Caves. Um, off of their upcoming album, Beyond the Black Rainbow. Which actually was released today. Fantastic. Hooray.
And we are back. Uh, that was uh, Forever Dilating Eye by Sonoya Caves. Um, how did you pick that song, Brenda? Well, uh, today's programming choices came directly off the CITR charts. Um, so there's lots of local bands starting right now, and you can see on our website or in Discorder magazine. And um, yeah, so we're going to play lots of them today. Yeah, speaking of Discorder magazine, do you want to play the, co- the band that's on the cover of Discorder magazine? Sure. Mm-hmm. It's very pink and green. The band is called Les Chaussettes. Les Chaussettes. Do you speak French? Um, a bit. Do you know what that means? It's uh, socks, I think. Socks. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, socks. <laughs> Christine confirms. Good thing I was Christine like, is socks here. or sneakers. Um, okay, so this is their song, Bunky, um, which you can find on their band camp if you're interested in it. Mm-hmm.
You are listening to Peanut Butter and Jams on CITR 101.9 FM Vancouver. And that was Needles Pins, You Only Call Me When You're Drunk. It's not true. Um, (laughs) Brenda never calls me when she's drunk. (laughs) I don't. No, not at all. Um, So we have a guest here, Christine. Hello. Uh, Thanks so much for coming in, Christine. Thanks for having me. And Christine, you have started a business where you take people on nature walks. Can you tell us more about it? Uh, Yes, it's called Wild Spinach Walks. And it's a business that I'm starting up. I hope to get fully launched by the new year, but we have started already. These walks focus on showing people wild edibles and other interesting plants around the Vancouver area. Have you taken, so is this something that developed out of a hobby of your own or is this? Yes, it has. It it has. I do enjoy wild edibles. I've worked off and on as a chef for a lot of my adult life and I've also done some farming and 
some off the grid living when I was younger. So I do enjoy nature and plants. I also have a degree in environmental science. So I've been formally taught some of these things as well as just picking them up informally. But I always have had a passion for wild plants and knowing what you can do with them and wild edibles, especially. I find it really, it's, it keeps it seasonal. It keeps your menu local. And there's just something extra special about being able to find and forage and pick some of the ingredients yourself and then prepare them. So since there are so many edible plants growing in and around Vancouver, I enjoy taking people around and just talking about them. Do you have any specific routes or locations where you like to go? Um, there are some that are around the Pacific Spirit Park area, just because that's such a beautiful forested area that there are some great plants growing in there. But there are also some in East Van that I I do an East Van alley walk as well, just to see some, I guess, of the weedier plants that are also edible. What and sort of uh, plants are those um, that weeds that people might not think are edible? Um, plants such as chickweed or wood sorrel or lamb's quarters uh, tend to grow in gardens a lot. Mm -hmm. And there's also a wild mustard that's quite wonderful that some people plant, but that escapes from gardens. So those often grow in alleyways. And you can often make quite a salad from the plants growing in alleyways and the weeds growing in people's gardens that I think is just fascinating. Is there any like health worries that like people might have? About like eating food from alleyways or is it or well, I would definitely worry about eating food from next to a busy road mm -hmm. um, and there are some plants such as stinging nettles that are a wonderful wild food that people tend to harvest a lot and buy from the farmer's market mm -hmm. from people who forage it. And plants such as stinging nettle are known for taking up toxins from the environment, so a plant such as that it's very important to make sure that it's from a wild area and not from an area that's polluted because it will take the toxins up into the plant itself. Mm -hmm. um, so are yeah. some plants more resilient to that sort of thing or stinging nettle is much worse? Um, stinging nettle is just, it's very capable of drawing toxins and heavy metals up inside it. And some plants tend to do that more than others. Okay. So it's, it might be a symptom of its hardiness. That mm -hmm. makes it more toxic to eat. It does, yes. But it, it's not toxic if it's taken from a, an unpolluted place. Mm -hmm. And, um, of course, you in an alleyway, you would always want to make sure that you're not harvesting from private property. or like, mm -hmm. um, Yeah. So you were saying um, earlier that you're actually not allowed on Crown Land to harvest animals. Uh, Harvest animals. Harvest plants. <laughs> animals, <laughs> too. <laughs> animals are not my area of expertise. Um, on provincial forest lands, which are different than leased crown lands, but on provincial forest lands, you are allowed to do commercial and personal use harvesting of uh, berries and greens and mushrooms. And a lot of other lands, such as crown lands uh, and regional parks, require permission to harvest things. Mm -hmm. And... There are many places, uh, such as ecological reserves or provincial parks, where harvesting is just not allowed. So it's always best to make sure you contact the local authorities or to, if you're lucky, try to find a place where you're on private land to do harvesting. And because of this, I focused a lot of my walks on the discussion of wild plants rather mm -hmm. than on the actual harvest of wild plants. Mm -hmm. 
when um what's uh what's available right now that you are excited about like what sort of wild levels are in season well right now is mushroom season Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, so that's quite a bit out of vancouver although there are some some mushrooms growing in vancouver but if you're out of town you can probably find some great chanterelles or shaggy manes wonderful mushrooms right now um there are still many greens around and some berries as well also what was have you been picking recently i have not been mushroom picking recently but i do I, i do gather some greens yes what did you find last um i I tend you don't have to tell us where you found it. It's like, a, like your own spot. My own secret spot. Yeah. Yes, I don't like to reveal those secrets. But I, I do like a lot of the weedier plants, such as chickweed and wood sorrel are a couple of my favorites. Mm-hmm. And those I actually ate yesterday. So those are available now. Those are available almost year round. And those are quite nice, wonderful plants to put in a salad. Cool. Brenda, mm-hmm. do you have any other questions? I was thinking of putting a song on if you Sure, don't. let's play some songs, and I'm sure we'll think of some in the interim. Sure. Uh, this is Arbutus, a new, new project from Adrian Teacher. He's a busy man. Um, this song is called Post-Antiobiotic Age. Thank you. 
And welcome back. That was Arbutus off of his album Bedroom Safari. Those two songs we played were Post, Antiobiotic Age, which I'm very good at saying now, and Blood Memories. And Adrian Teacher's other project, Cool or Cool TV, Mm -hmm. I believe they're called now, are opening for the new pornographers on Friday and Saturday at the Commodore. Yeah. And they um, put on a really good show. They are great live and a really, really fun band all around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have these this whole group of female backup singers. Um, yes, all from other bands that make it fantastic. Um, so Christine is with us still in the studio. Hello. And uh, Christine, we have a few more uh, questions about your nature walks of great. edible plants. Um, first of all, can you talk about a bit about what the experience of being on the walk is like? Yeah, what's what's your you you have a business that you're starting up around this. What's mm-hmm. it called? It's called Wild Spinach Walks. Wild Spinach Walks. Mm. Yeah, so the experience of being on the walks, I would like to keep it very small and friendly and informative. So smaller group sizes are ideal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Right now, that's not an issue, uh, but I hope that even in, in the future, it won't be more than, say, eight or ten people on a walk, just so everybody can hear what I'm saying and can see the plant in question. <coughs> oh, bless Ooh, you. Bless and you. then we would walk, uh, I would plan the route in advance, and we would walk from place to place and in each place where we would would see the plants then we stop and we talk a little bit about the particular plant and what it can be used for and perhaps a little bit about the history behind it sometimes it's different cultures have used a different plant differently so if I know a bit about that I might share that or if a plant has certain medicinal properties that are known then I might choose to share that with the group as well um, I also, sometimes I find people also have really interesting stories about a plant. Like the people who are on the walk with yes, you? Yeah. Yes, especially gardeners. Sometimes they, people will say, oh, well, that's, that's just a weed. I had no idea it was edible or <laughs> that you could eat it at all. And uh, so sometimes people will have really interesting stories or they will have heard some sort of folktale about a particular plant and won't. Or we'll have some very interesting information to share. So I, I like to promote discussion. And I also like to keep the walk somewhat themed. What so, sort of themes have you done in the past? Um, well, I did do a songbird one, which is not actually that related to wild edible plants. but More a bird watching one, one? More of a bird watching and the plants that the birds liked. So right. we could find... Because through my own walkings around the town i'd found i'd noticed several songbirds eating the different plants that they eat and the di- living in the different trees that they would live in so i took people on a walk to see the different songbirds and where they lived but i could also do um and then there are some beach ones such as seaweeds because mm-hmm. i do like to collect seaweeds as well sometimes so i thought it would be interesting to do a beach walk sometime and i have also done um uh, I want to say bike walks, but I don't think that's quite the right term. Mm-hmm. But bike rides, bike rides. There we go. <laughs> Where <laughs> you stops. ride from place to place, because then you can cover more ground than if you're just walking, and that can be quite fun too. But I, I like to, you know, to keep it light and to laugh and to really see what the group is about, mm-hmm. to see what people are interested in talking about, and then talk more about that. 
uh, as well as to showcase the plant and to just to promote discussion about wild plants. Um, why did you want to start doing this? Well, there are several reasons. I've always really been interested in wild plants. Mm -hmm. uh, um, it's always just been a fascination of mine. And I have just been at a time in my life when I felt like it was time to start my own business. Mm -hmm. I have been working off and on in a kitchen for a long time and didn't want to start my own restaurant and right. wanted to spend more time outdoors. And so I, it just sort of, I just sort of thought one day, well, okay, I'll, maybe I could do walking tours because I kind of do them anyway for my friends. So I've started on this journey and it, it's quite exciting. I'm still not exactly sure where, where it will end up. There's this great quote from Ray Bradbury where he says, jump off cliffs and build your wings on the way down. And to be honest, that's kind of what I did. I just sort of decided one day I'm starting my own business and I just started my own business. So we will see where it goes. So far, so good. That's great. So far, so good. Um, so if people wanted to get in touch with me, I have a Facebook page called Wild Spinach Nature Tours. Mm -hmm. And I have an email address that's called wildspinachwalks at gmail.com. And I also, actually just today, started a WordPress blog, again called wildspinachwalks.wordpress.com, where I've decided to uh, blog about the experience of starting this, own, this business and the walks that we go on as I go on these walks. So that should be very fun and exciting as well. Okay. Um, it's stop, oh, sorry, .blogspot.com. Um, we talked just slightly uh, about a different, since we like danger on this show, um, poisonous plants um, in the Vancouver area and, and whether they could be disguised, you know, disguised as looking like other edible plants. Are, does that happen? It does happen. It does actually happen. Um, it hasn't happened to me, but <laughs> there are some poisonous plants in the Vancouver area. For instance... Foxglove is a very poisonous plant that grows in many gardens. It's a beautiful plant. It's, it's really pretty. <laughs> yes, it's, it's gorgeous. And it's also medicinal. It's used, but only if you are a doctor. I, I would never yeah, attempt this. And nobody should. It correctly. Yeah. Yes, then it can be used for heart medicine. But so do not ever try that at home. But that's a very poisonous plant that, especially before it gets the flowers, I've heard mm -hmm. of it being mistaken for comfrey which is not so much an edible but a medicinal plant mm -hmm. that people might choose to harvest so that's definitely one to watch out for because foxglove is really poisonous and there are several other poisonous plants around um, yew trees for one are quite poisonous and devil's club is another very poisonous plant around here i heard that you could eat devil's club maybe just the roots you can some people have eaten Devil's Club. I've and seen it can... on a menu somewhere before. For oh, sure. really? Yeah. Oh, I should look into that. <laughs> I, I know it can be used medicinally. I've definitely mm. bought 
prepared devil's club cream mm-hmm. but parts of it are very poisonous i'm they pretty sure have, the berries are very poisonous they must have been very careful about what parts they used then mm-hmm. yeah maybe it's just the bark or the roots or something that could be eaten yes i'll have to look into that are there um are there people that collect medicinal plants and sell them at stores where people can buy them there are there definitely are i don't know any particular names off of the top of my head but uh I know that at the farmer's market, I've bought medicinal plants as in whole plant form or in salve form. And I'm also a fan of mildly medicinal plants. So plants such as chamomile and mint that have and dandelion that have healing properties, but not not overwhelming outlandish ones. So ones that you can sort of eat as food and also something such as garlic or parsley is very, very useful. You can eat that and Mm -hmm. it helps you but it's not anything as major as taking a major medication so what are the properties of parsley and garlic um garlic garlic just sort of strengthens your whole it can strengthen your your whole immune immune system system. yes and it can help fight off colds if you have colds um as do onions as well onions and garlic both Mm. Some people take garlic capsules and parsley, I believe. Although, is wh- a... Why you'd need to, you're like, I don't like eating garlic. I'll just have it in pill form. It think... seems crazy to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's exactly the people that are doing that, which also seems crazy to me. I think garlic is wonderful, but it's, or maybe some people just feel that if it's in pill form, it's stronger. It's a pill. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to eating 12 cloves of garlic just every day. <laughs> eat a whole bunch of garlic bread. Mm-hmm. delicious it's garlic pesto then you're getting basil and garlic mm-hmm. yeah and then parsley better. and parsley i think is a blood cleanser but i'm not sure hmm. i i know that it's good for you and i do eat a lot of that as well and i very rarely get sick so okay by that and dandelion logic. can you tell us about that dandelion one? is dandelion root is a liver cleanser so dandelion root tea is quite good for you i do harvest a lot of dandelion root and dry it myself and really Mm-hmm. So it's good for all your all you craft beer lovers. Um, <laughs> yes, to, it is good for craft beer lovers. <laughs> dandelion root is also a good ingredient in bitters if you have trouble finding. Um, hmm. If you make your, if you make your own, anyways. perfect. Yeah. That's Two true. Because yeah. <laughs> it has a very bitter flavor to it. But. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. So many uses for dandelion. There are so many. That's it. I'll go infect my yard, um, or my landlord's yard. Cool. Um, is there anything else that you want to add, Christine, that we uh, didn't ask you? Nothing comes to the top of my head. I just want to say that, yes, plants are really, really interesting things. And a lot of times people get disconnected from them, from the plants that grow in their own backyard and in their own city and find it easier to look elsewhere for food as if it's something exotic when it really is something that grows all around us mm-hmm. which is part of the discussion that i'm hoping to bring back on these walks so yes wild spinach walks at gmail.com or wild spinach wordpress.com or oh. wild spinach nature tours on facebook one more quick question um mm-hmm. is there if you want to say you're a gardener and you would like to grow some species that are local to Vancouver, is there a place to buy seeds and actually grow the stuff in your backyard or do you have to go hunting? Just find some dead weeds and shake them. 
<laughs> you could do that, yeah. actually. <laughs> I, I, I was being serious, yeah. <laughs> you, you could totally do that. Um, I know that some plant stores and people do specialize in them. I know that there's... I know Figaro's Garden, I've seen... A Victoria and... Victoria second and or third. something. Something like that. I know mm-hmm. I've been there and I've seen local species okay. of plants available for gardeners to plant. And so... Great. Well, thank you so much, Christine, for coming in to talk to us. No problem. Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. This was really great. Um, We're going to go into a song here. And that song... Mm -hmm. Brenda, do you have a preference of of the ones that we've set up earlier today? Oh, boy. So many choices. Um, Want to hear hear weed? Yes. Is that that appropriate? Oh, I think that's perfectly appropriate. All right. This is... um, this is a song by Weed. And who knows, maybe they did name themselves after gar- Garden Weeds.
My name is Emily, and I'm hoping you'll join me in discovering how UBC is bringing sustainability into action by attending Ripple Effect events September 22nd to 26th. Get a free mocha, learn to recycle, take a blind taste test between tap water or bottled water. Oh, and you just have to join hundreds of guests, and me of course, for a sustainable meal on Main Mall. Seriously, you can't miss this. It's going to be epic. You can get all the info at sustain.ubc.ca forward slash ripple effect. Oh, and use the hashtag ripple effect UBC. And we're back, and we have a, a guest. We have Henry from the UBC Cooking Club. Hi. Hi, Henry. Um, talk a little bit closer to the microphone. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, Henry was on two shows ago, and uh, hopefully he'll be a regular occurrence on the radio. Um, but today we're going to talk a bit about uh, consumer labeling. Uh, sure, yes. Yeah. So uh, one thing we find uh, is our members... When they go out into shop to try and cook something, they spend lots and lots of money to get really fancy stuff because they think it's going to help. And oftentimes they don't know what the fancy words mean. So they don't know what organic means or free run means or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Brenda, if you're in the store, you're going to buy a whole chicken to roast. And uh, there's one for 10 bucks and it says cage-free on it. And there's one for 750 that doesn't say cage-free on it. Which one are you going to pick up? Would you hmm. This is tricky. If I'm a cheap student, then I would get the... <laughs> Get the cheap one, but otherwise, you know, I might think about buying more ethically and buying the more expensive one. Fair enough. You go for the cage-free uh, one, and a lot of chicken does mm. say cage-free on it. Uh, the odd thing is, though, that uh, it's absolutely impossible to grow a chicken you're going to eat in a cage. Only egg-laying chickens are grown in cages. Oh, so, so they're all cage-free. They're all cage-free. The only difference is the $10 one, the marketers thought, I'll put cage-free on it. Uh, in the same way, people say free-run and free-range, which are different things, but they seem similar enough so people just buy it. Uh, or organic food. People think I'm going to buy this organic apple because it's got no pesticides, no fertilizers, which isn't true. Organic food, organic farming does use pesticides. It does use fertilizers. Quite nasty ones, actually. Um, a great example as well is uh, there's an A&W downstairs, and you'll notice on their banners they say all our beef is hormone and steroid free. And there's a few problems with that. First off, steroids are hormones. Second off, all animals contain vast well, amounts of hormones. It's not a lie, then. If it's, it's not a lie, both, no. Yeah. It's not a, none of this is a lie. So all animals do contain hormones. And also, it's completely illegal for any beef sold for eating in Canada to contain artificial hormones or added hormones. So whilst what they're saying isn't a lie, it's true of all burgers you'd ever eat. So it's a clever way of marketing without actually having to do anything. So it's definitely worth knowing what you're talking about when you go and um, uh, shop in the store and you buy these things. So how would you find out what all these things are? You've, you've given us a lot of examples, um, but people might be just as confused as they were before. Um, well, you can uh, go onto our Facebook page, where we're actually writing an article about this in a couple of days, uh, the Cooking Club's Facebook page. Um, you can also go online. If you really want to go, you can uh, go onto the BC government's website, where they have a list of what all these things legally are allowed to mean. That might be a little bit too much. Um, to bother with also if you think i've been buying free range eggs and paying two dollars extra just google what free range means so people think free range means they're all living in a field doesn't necessarily mean that all it means is that they possibly can go outside there's no requirement that they actually do go outside but chickens a lot of the the chickens don't tend to want to go outside in that in that specific scenario it sort of depends yeah so some of them will but all it means is literally the the barn has a little hole in the wall that a chicken Mm -hmm. could get through that's literally all it means if they were so inclined Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can still be kept in small, uh, confined areas for most of their lives. So it all depends. And also look at um, look at the actual farm. So Rabbit Run is a good brand of uh, free-range eggs, and theirs actually do 
do the good things. You know, they do have their chickens pecking around in the courtyard and things like that and eating natural stuff. Uh, so if you want to go ethically, make sure you actually know the brand itself, not just some random label that you don't really know what it means. So what is the difference between free range and free run? Uh, free run just means they're not actually confined, uh, but they can still be inside. Oh, not confined. They're not tightly confined in like in that small cage because mm-hmm. egg laying hens can be in a cage. Right. Um, whereas free range means, I say, they have access to the outdoors and it's a little bit better on the indoor conditions. They do have to have a bit more space, but it's not much. It's an, an extra couple of square feet uh, in the whole coop. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the main difference is that the free range chickens are allowed to go outside and do stuff, which actually is often not that great for the chickens because especially in more rural areas in Canada, they get predated on. So the chickens are much more likely to die from something <laughs> if they're stuck outside the whole time. Death. Yeah. Well. <laughs> the risk is death. Yeah. Happy chicken and eaten chicken. Well, I suppose they're all going to get eaten anyway, but... Yeah, happy chicken and no chicken. Um, Yeah, One good way, if you want to make sure you're getting uh, good meat that's um, had a happy life and a healthy life and hasn't been eaten by a wolf, uh, you can go to the West Broadway Meat Company, which is... It's hard to eat one that was eaten by a wolf. That's true. You can eat the wolf. (laughs) You can go to the West Broadway Meat Company, which is a butcher that sponsors the cooking club. All our members get 10% off, everything in store. And they're an absolutely excellent butcher. They're all whole animals, so everything comes to them as an entire piece and they cut it all down themselves so they really know what they're talking about and pretty much everyone in there has had some experience working in a professional kitchen so they know about cooking as well so they can tell you uh, you should buy this because it'll work well for you know braising or whatever it is you want to do mm-hmm. um, they also cook a lot of their own products so they smoke all their own bacon so they have three or four different types of house bacon which are amazing they have a coffee bacon which is brilliant for breakfast mm. or a maple bacon which is great when you accidentally pour maple syrup all over your bacon when you meant to get it on your pancakes which I'm well sure. it's great if you wanted that but you don't have any maple syrup around that is true yeah. that is true um but they're absolutely great i went this week and got a couple of lamb shanks for nine dollars a pound and um it's a good deal it's a good deal it's a very yeah. good deal the shank is a kind of the bit of the thigh and the shin on a lamb and it's, it's, the, it's the lower part of the leg, lower part yeah yeah and it's uh, a really tough piece of meat, but it's got so much flavor. So if you cook it low and slow, so if you braise it for a couple of hours, or I've been sous vide it, as I mentioned, sous vide. Mm-hmm. We talked about ago. that in our last um, uh, podcast. So I actually bought my lamb on Monday, and it is still currently cooking in my house. It's been cooking for, what's that, four days now? So I'm going to be eating it tomorrow. Wow. So it's cooking really low temperature, but for a really long time, and it's going to absolutely fall off the bone when I take it out. It's going to be delicious. And one other hint with lamb while I'm here is forget <laughs> mint. Forget mint sauce. People always have mint jelly with lamb. Don't do that. Try apricot. Apricot so, sauce. Yeah, apricot Sounds sauce or good. even just apricot jam. In cuisines that aren't Western cuisine, it's really common uh, combination, like a Moroccan cuisine, for example. Mm-hmm. And it works so well. There's just enough acid to cut through the fattiness, and it's a really delicious combination. Okay. It's worth uh, trying. That sounds great. Uh, we're going to play a song. When we come back, Henry's got a recipe for us. What's the recipe for? Uh, it's for three-minute brownies. It's three a minute great brownies. one if you're in a first-year residence with no kitchen. Sounds, sounds amazing. This, uh, here's a song by Dead Soft.
And we're back. That was... Uh, forgotten dead soft that was dead soft and what um, was the, the song? song was called phase by that was phase by dead soft off their new album brand mm-hmm. new yeah so we have henry with us in the studio from the ubc cooking club who's just shared some great information on informing yourself on what you are purchasing and uh buying lamb um but he is going to share with us a three minute brownie recipe Okay, the recipe should take less than three minutes, but the brownies take three minutes. Uh, this is really great if you're in a first-year residence and you have no kitchen. Mm-hmm. All you need is a coffee mug and a microwave. So uh, you basically mix it up in the coffee mug, you microwave it for about two minutes, and a brownie comes out. And it's weird because it's pretty much just as good as a proper brownie that you spend an hour making. And then you put ice cream on top of it and it all melts into the mug. Because it's, it's, it's still hot. It's still really hot, yeah. So the recipe is really simple. Uh, you want four tablespoons each of flour and sugar. And then you want two tablespoons each of cocoa powder, canola oil, and Four water. Four tablespoons is also a quarter cup. It know. is indeed a quarter cup. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> uh, yeah, two each of cocoa powder, canola oil, and water. A little pinch of salt, which makes the chocolate taste sweeter, weirdly enough. And a quarter, a quarter or a half teaspoon of baking soda. Mix that all up and microwave it for about two minutes. Depends on your microwave. Uh, it should rise all the way up out of the mug and make like a stiff, firm brownie. And... It's kind of worrying because it's so good compared to proper brownies that why would you ever not eat them? Bre- uh, Brenda was writing it down, and we're g- we'll put it up on our, our Facebook page. Yeah, uh, but can we run through it just one more just, time? Well, yeah, fair enough. So, or, or Brenda can say it out, and you can make sure she got it right. Okay. Okay, so four tablespoons flour and sugar, yep. two tablespoons cocoa, canola, canola oil, and water. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there salt? little pinch of salt, yeah. Pinch of salt, a quarter teaspoon baking soda. And that's it. And then you put it in a mug and microwave for two minutes. That's it, yeah. And then top with ice cream. You can definitely top with ice cream, yeah. Okay. One thing you can also do, which uh, I was just playing with the other night, is you can replace the water with any other liquid. So you can mm. put espresso in and get like a mocha thing. Uh, or as my fiancé pointed out, you could put rum in it, <laughs> which works very nicely, although you will end up with a microwave full of alcohol fumes, which then assault you when you try and open it. Uh, but they're all great variations. So. But it would leave a nice rummy flavor to the... It does, yeah. It's kind of like, like the a, rum like and a, raisin fudge you get. That yeah. sort of deep... Mm. Or maybe like a rum ball, like a chocolate rum ball. That sort of thing, exactly. Yeah. But it's really good and it only takes three minutes. So uh, I think it took about three minutes to, as long to say the recipe as it, yeah. as it does to, That's uh, probably it, to yeah. do it. You could make that at work for lunch. Yeah, you that, could. That would be maybe like dessert after lunch. Yeah. Or, or lunch. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I'm not judging. With a bit of tweaking, you could change it. You could make it a savory one. So if you uh, replace the cocoa powder with flour, then what would you do? You'd add in a savory liquid, say some stock, and maybe just a couple of herbs straight into it, a bit more salt, and no sugar, of course. You'd have to use... What would you use instead of the sugar? You probably could take the sugar out because it's not acting structurally. And you'd end up with like a savory cake thing. Which would still work. Kind of like a, a bun. Yeah, I guess. It would be weird, but it's worth trying if you don't want to go sweet. But then why would you choose not to make a brownie if you could? Hmm. Yeah, it seems silly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we could, well, I'll try that out and get back to you uh, next time I'm on. Sa- sounds great. Well, thanks so much for coming out, Henry. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Do you mind if I plug a couple of events quickly? Go for it. That's a great uh, idea. So the Cooking Club, we've managed to get ourselves in a bit of a mix and do three events all in one week uh, next week. So on Monday, we're going to go to the UBC farm. We're going to harvest something, and we're going to make a grilled chicken dinner. You don't, with you don't know what you're going to harvest yet? Not exactly certain, because the date changed. So we were going to do blackberries, but they're not going to be in season anymore. Mm. So we're going to harvest something. We'll have worked it out over the weekend. I don't think we're going to harvest the chicken. That would be quite difficult. 
Um, maybe so maybe that might be a little, some people might be a little squeamish about maybe, it too. Maybe, maybe. Um, Are there chickens there? Yeah, they have chickens, hmm. but that's not the ones we're going to cook and eat. Uh, uh, then on Friday, we're doing an event with the Jazz Cafe. Uh, we're going to be doing, I forget exactly what we're making, I think salsa and guacamole and things for their Latina Jazz Night, which should be fun. Where is the Jazz Cafe? To be honest, I have no idea. That's oh, one well, of the other execs. Who's check, check out their website. Check out our Facebook page and our website and you'll yeah. see it there. And then lastly, of course, it's Thanksgiving next weekend and uh, we'll be doing a Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, I'm an international student. Most of us in the club are. So if you're wondering why the hell everyone else gets to eat turkey and you don't, you can come and have turkey with us. We'll have about 50 people's worth of turkey dinner. And uh, that's going to be slightly last minute because we've all been using the American date for Thanksgiving in our calendars. And then we suddenly realized we have to do a turkey dinner in, le- in like a week and a half. So, no, not enough Canadians on your in your. No, group. I think there's only one Canadian on the actual crew, on the actual executive team. That so. person let the ball drop the ball. It's a good point. I haven't talked to you. You can, t- you them can about tell that. them. I said that. <laughs> I will. I definitely will. So who um who gets to harvest stuff from the UBC farm? Um, like, can you just go there and buy stuff? There is a club called Friends of the Farm, uh, mm-hmm. which I think do events like that. The farm also does sell um, their vegetables in mini farmer's market stalls. You see them sometimes outside Irving and things. Um, I don't think you can just go and sort of pick your own mm-hmm. uh, anything like that. It's not, something I've, it's not something I've been. I've never actually been to the farm myself. This Monday will be my I, first time. I certainly too. don't think they'd encourage it anyways. I, I mean, they are, yeah. they are a farm. They don't yeah, want I people just wandering just into their and fields and taking stuff, no. everything. No, no. Yeah, I'm just wondering who gets access to the fruits mm-hmm. of their labor. But maybe we should go on a field trip to the farm sometime and uh, take some of our mini recorders. Yeah, that would be super fun. I know that um, one of our other correspondents is in touch with the farm pretty regularly because he's one of their buyers. So mm-hmm. um, we can come along to our events on Monday and record them. There we go. And have chicken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Henry, for coming in, and hopefully we'll hear from you again. I'd love to. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, great. Um, let's go to a a song. What are we going to play, Jordy? We are going to play um, something by Womankind. The song hmm. is called Five.
Whoever said money can't buy you friends obviously wasn't a member at CITR. When you become a member, you get the Friends of CITR card with incredible discounts in the downtown area at... The Baker and the Chef, Bang On T-Shirts, Beat Street Records, Dunleavy Snack Bar, The Fall Tattooing, Fortune Sound Club, Hits Boutique, Pacific Cinematheque, Perch, The Portside Pub, Save On Meats, and Vinyl Records. To find out more, visit us in room 233 of the sub on the UBC campus or go online to citr.ca. Hi, my name is Emily, and I'm hoping you'll join me in discovering how UBC is bringing sustainability into action by attending Ripple Effect events September 22nd to 26th. Get a free mocha, learn to recycle, take a blind taste test between tap water or bottled water. Oh, and you just have to join hundreds of guests, and me of course, for a sustainable meal on Main Mall. Seriously, you can't miss this. It's going to be epic. You can get all the info at sustain.ubc.ca forward slash ripple effect. Oh, and use the hashtag ripple effect UBC. It is now time to give away our pair of tickets to the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival. Um, I went uh, last year, and it was hilarious. Um, the tour is on uh, in Vancouver at the Orpheum on November 14th, and it's starring Dimitri Martin, John Doré, Levi McDougall, and Todd Glass. Um, I actually did a wedding speech uh, modeled off the Dimitri Martin style of joke delivery, which involves uh, graphs and one-liners. Um, so it's kind of amazing how he can fill up an hour with like one-liner jokes. How long could you fill? Um, I think mine was about 10 minutes. Okay. So it was pretty good. Someone said it was the best bridesmaid speech they'd ever heard. Someone else told me I should start a show in Las Vegas. Um, <laughs> they may have been drunk people. Um, but I still took the Those compliment. Those are the best fans at a comedy club. Though. Yeah, it's true. So um, November 14th, uh, if you want to wear a pair, win a pair of tickets to this show, um, call 604-822-2487. 604-822-2487 in the next few minutes, and we'll give you that pair of tickets. And uh, here's a song by Hagatha. I'll explain why I'm playing these uh, noisy metal songs after I've finished it.
That was Hegatha. Um, that song was called Procession of the Equinox, and it's off of Hegatha 4. Their fourth album, I assume. Hegatha's been around a while in Vancouver. And I played Hegatha and Womankind because they're playing a show together on a Saturday not too long from now. Hmm. Yes. Oh, on Saturday, October 4th at the Astoria. That is this Saturday. Who else is playing? Um, the Body, Sandworm, Hagatha, Anna, and Womankind. Anna is also a really great band, especially mm-hmm. live. And uh, this this type of music I um, would not listen to while making dinner, but uh, Womankind played one of our fundraisers a couple years ago, and they were fantastic. I was spellbound, so I recommend I recommend going. Yeah, re- really great bands live. So see. is that our show of the show pairing? It could be our show pairing. Well, it uh, seems like we're recommending it. Well, I wanted to talk about all the shows, because we've played a lot of a ba- music from bands that are playing shows in the next little while. It's true. So there's also a good uh, show on Thursday, October 9th. Weed, we played Weed earlier in the show, and we also picked a song by Mass Marriage. Did we? No, we did not. But uh, we, Naomi Punk, and Mass Marriage. The only fi- song we could find by them was <laughs> 10 minutes long. Not right. that it was a bad song. It was just too long for us. Too to long. Um, at Antisocial, if you want to go to that. Antisocial is a pretty great location for a surprisingly good uh, venue, even though it's just a small skate shop. Mm-hmm. There's also the uh, Sonic Topographies Vancouver New Music Festival, if you're into a new music like that. And we're actually uh, live broadcasting on October 19th. Um, so you'll hear that on our airwaves. Um, we're playing a Bad Channel song. We are playing a Bad Channel song. They're playing sometime. They're playing October 17th at the Cobalt. Um, there was also, uh, we picked a song by Data Plan. Oh, Which yes. is Malcolm Jack's new uh, new project. Malcolm Jack was in, he had a solo project, um, also Sun Wizard and Capital Six. And so he's playing on Thursday, October 23rd. And uh, you can also go see Malk, The Oz, and Pink Licorice at the Fox Cabaret on October 8th. Lots of shows. All right. So Lots. Let's, let's, play this da- let's play a Data Plan song, and then we'll play some bad channels. Sure. I was looking, listening to track one, and it was great. Mr. Window. Mr. Window. It's actually the song I like and was going to play. Um, so it's, that's great. Um, this is Mr. Window by Data Plan off of um, his album, A data plan is free. Scratch that. We're not going to listen to a data plan is free because the CD seems to be a little scratched. Um, but here's some bad channels. This song is called uh, Drippin' Pan. 
So that was Bad Channels off their TV Dinner EP. All songs short and sweet. They are playing at the Cobalt pretty soon. On October 17th. That's So go check it out if, you're, uh, if, you, if you enjoyed that stuff. Um, we are heading out mm-hmm. now. It was, this is the end of our show. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Darren Golly from Stereoscopic Readout will be on next, followed by Ben Lai with Thunderbird Radio Hell. There's Darren in the hallway waiting to get in. Um, we will leave you with a song by Failing off of their self-titled EP. This song is called Cradle of Light. Yeah!